0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds, news, and info for everything March Madness and NBA this year. From the Final Four to the NBA playoffs, BetOnline is your sports information headquarters this season. If you love sports, info, score, news, podcasts, you'll find everything on BetOnline. We're always the fastest, easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use your promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts.
0: Holy moly! Man, woman, and child of that, put him in the aisles! Johnny, the jetpackers, just for a moose from their shoes! Rozier breaks to the outside. He has a first down. Goodbye. Mike Rozier, touchdown. The to hand up to Thunder who gives it back to Mike chance. He's going to throw it. He's got a man out of yes! hand. It is Mike Rozier. 15 10. Mike, touchdown.
2: What's going on, Husker fans? Welcome to the Husker Heisman Huddle on the believe podcast network i am your host sam casacho with fellow hosts and highs and winners johnny the jet rogers and eric crouch and hey today, we have a special guest adam Carricker, is joining us as well so we got three former huskers on
1: great to have you on good. here adam um yeah, thanks for i guess i'll me. just uh break it out here and just ask what what is adam Carricker up to these days just tell us a little bit about what's going on with you
3: oh man uh I'll okay. All right. So the character Chronicles is going on its own. I think most people know that by now I'm being kind of particular. I don't want to call it my baby, but it feels like my baby. I've been doing it for your baby. Yeah. So i am being particular. So I probably won't start putting them out until August, get everything lined up. Hopefully get some pretty good interviews rolling. Uh, In the meantime, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have been asked to to do what we're, what we're calling the big 10 show. We're trying to figure out the name and my co-host had all these names. I'm like, no, 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 no. Ohio State's the Ohio State. This is the Big Ten show. So that's what we're calling it, the Big Ten show. So we'll be talking, <laughs> it's it's fun now. I get to talk about 14 to 16 teams yeah. and all sorts yeah, of nice. sports. And I gotta educate educate myself a whole lot more. Uh, you know, just kind of getting those things rolling. And then I have five kids in all sorts of wow. different spring sports. Yep. Uh, we have eight competitive sports going on right now. So once 330 hits my house, it's it's insanity. It's so, daddy time. <laughs> it is. It's Uber driver time. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. What ages That's are awesome. they, Adam? So Jacob's thirteen. Addie's eleven. Trinity's ten. The twins are seven. And Jordan, the only one not doing sports, is five. Oh
4: yeah.
1: Somebody somebody's got. It. Somebody's got to <laughs> play against the rules, right? <laughs> There'll be always one kid. Oh, that wants it be different?
3: Oh yeah. Well, don't worry. When a year from now, she'll start doing her own thing as well. But yeah, right now she's everybody's biggest cheerleader. So. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, starting them early sometimes is some, it can can be a bad thing. Can't go against you sometimes, you know?
3: Yeah, it depends. You know, it's kind of that conundrum. Do you start them early? So they start getting some of the the fundamentals down. They start understanding things, but then, you know, I've known kids once they reach middle school, they're like, I've been playing tackle football for five years already and I'm, I'm exhausted. Or I've been doing competitive basketball for six years or seven years if they're eighth graders. And so it's, uh, my goal is that all of my kids, And they're going to eliminate things here and there. That's just a natural part of the process. But they still want to do their favorite sports come high school because they aren't burned out like I see so often. So that's my big goal with them. We love hearing about that
1: and your kids and your family and just getting updated. Talk about, I'm just curious, you know, I've been on the show, Character Chronicles, a few times with you and uh, just tell people that, that are listening, like how you got started with that and maybe why.
3: Oh, man, I'll make a longer story short. I had no desire to host a show, I had no desire to speak for a living. Um, you know, there's a lot of good folks in the media, but I'd ran into a few that misquoted, partially quoted me. So I wasn't uber excited to join that at first. You know, as you get to know uh, more and more folks, you get to know that there's good folks and there's pains in the butt, just like any profession, you know, it's not unique to that. Long story short, years ago, Pelini got fired. There was uh, a lot of former players who voiced an opinion. I had the complete opposite opinion. I put it out on Facebook. People seemed to respond and then it morphed into I wrote an article every week during Riley's first couple of years as a coach. Then it morphed into a video that I put on Husker Max. Then I joined the Herald. Then I parted with the Herald. And now the Chronicles is on its own. And it's just kind of taken on a life of its own. And it's a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. And you do a great job of breaking down Husker football And that. I've, I've watched it a bunch of times. It's a, it's a great show. I've got a little help, football question for you, Adam. Okay. Um, yeah, we got today. football questions here. Yeah, you know? We got We're some yeah. talk about yeah. Husker, <laughs>
4: Husker football questions.
2: Yeah. Having played in a 4-3 and a 3-4 scheme and at the next level too, how do you think uh, Tony White's 3-3-5 uh, scheme is going to fit in for the Huskers and also just in the conference that's, a, that's often run heavy?
3: All right. So I got to eat my own words a little bit here because people, the biggest question I got, 3-4 or 4-3, my response was always the same. I've watched teams win Super Bowls with the 3-4 and the 4-3. I've watched team wins, teams win national titles with both. You know, the four-two-five, depending on what style of offense you're faking, facing week in and week out, you know, especially if you're in the Big 12, can be a great defense. I said, as long as it's not 335 I'll be happy. Well, now we're running the three-three-five, 3 5 <laughs> So, <laughs> I have... But what was it that you didn't like about it? Yeah. To me, I felt like it was too small, easy to get pushed around. I understand the confusion and the blitzing and the angles and trying to mess up the blockers. You know, I, I'd never played in it. I had played in... We, we like what's familiar to us. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. I had played in all those others, even four two five. You know, that's basically what a nickel package is, and, and essentially. And so for me, I was just more familiar. So once they announced three three five, I did a deep dive. I've learned a lot more things, and I was very curious to see how TCU was going to do against Michigan. You're not going to get a more physical run team in this nation than Michigan, and TCU is an undersized three three five team. Uh, Michigan put up some points but it was not like they were running through them i thought michigan's defense against the run game played played well that was not their issue that day and so for me i felt like that was and and i know tony white's defense is going to be a little bit different he's probably going to have a little bit more four man down than what tcu did but it really opened my eyes like hey this could work and when i interviewed matt rule he even talked about i did some of this at carolina and he's like we had success with it in the nfl so I am much more open-minded than I once was to it, and I'm actually excited to see how it works. And I like, I mean, Eric, you'll understand this. Johnny, you'll know this. Back in the day, Nebraska ran such a unique offense, it was a nightmare for teams to get ready for in one week. And then you'd never face it again unless you played Nebraska. Well, Matt Rule has flat-out said that's what we can be like on defense now. We will be unique, and there's not, outside of Iowa, most teams are running out of, two, out of three and maybe even four wide receiver sets, so it allows you to match up personnel. A little bit better, and then it's a unique defense that you're going to have to try to get ready for in three to four days, and it's a lot harder than when you're facing a three-four or four-three week after week. So there's pluses mm-hmm. and minuses, yeah. and I look forward uh, to learning more about it as this yeah. process goes along, too. Yeah, me too.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's creative, definitely. We talked about that on this show a little bit. That if we, you know, you want a creative defense, you want you want something to to, to be different to give the, you know other teams a little bit of a of a jump you know this is a good way to go about it
4: What what's the type of talent that you need what What do you focus on in a, in a defense like that uh, adam so you you need some bigger backers you need some bigger D linemen. you need some
3: safeties who are going to come down and be willing to stick their nose in on run plays who are willing to blitz you got to be able to you can't be like i don't want to say big fat up front i'm a former D alignment so i can you don't want to be big fat and sloppy up front because you got to be able to stunt you might be in the C gap. You long stick to the A gap. You might be in the B, and you uh, you penetrate outside, and then you got a backer coming up your rear up, up up the B gap, so to speak. Or if you're long sticking inside, you might have a backer off your rear and a safety off the edge. So you got to be able to move quickly as well. A lot of the three four D alignment, they're just big massive dudes. They're building a wall up front so the linebackers can run free and make plays. And the three three five, initially everyone's like they gotta be huge. Well, not quite, because you got to be
4: able to move. Because a big thing in the 3, three five is to be able to stunt, move, blitz, and confuse them. So they, they don't, how, do they, how do they fare with, with running teams that just primarily run the ball? Because they, so they're why, trying to blow you out. Yeah, so that's why
3: TCU was interesting to me. And here's the deal. When you get downhill as a backer or a safety against a big lineman, you got to have no fear. I was genuinely impressed with the mentality the veracity the aggressiveness that tcu got downhill there was safeties blitzing, taking on pulling 330 pound linemen and i don't want to say knocking them backwards but they weren't getting moved and then all of a sudden they were plugging holes and then the blitzers were coming free and it's not like they just blew up the michigan offense but i didn't see it as a liability in that game at all actually as the game went along michigan passed the ball more effectively than they ran the ball is there anybody that
1: excites you now like i guess uh looking at some of the guys coming in that you know portal or current players or you know just following spring ball a little bit what what guys do you think are gonna you know fit that mold right now on nebraska's defense
3: it's interesting because they brought in a lot of young guys a lot of guys who um kind of i don't want to say they're under the radar but they don't have gigantic names so i could say their names here but i don't know that it's going to pop off the screen. I think yeah. there's a lot of guys with a lot of tackles, a lot of mobility, a lot of physicality, athletes, okay? And then you kind of, you try to fit them in or plug them in where you think they're going to work best athletically, and then you just see how they react physically. And so I think that's going to be the biggest question mark, is how these guys react physically, because they brought in some pretty athletic guys, especially linebacker, kind of that safety mold, so to speak.
2: Yeah, I know that kid they brought in from uh, Harrisburg, PA. I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now, but I know that it's the only year he's played any sport. His senior year, of football. So, yeah, they have brought in those those kind of athletes. Um, you know, Frost kind of left the program. He inherited some good, some some talented defensive linemen under Riley, with the, you know the, the Daniels brothers. Um, but there 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 haven't been that many guys. To come in, you know, you didn't really fill the fill the cupboard with new talent. You know how important is the portal, and you know who among the guys we have left. You know and how important is a guy like Ty Robinson going into next year with that with that kind of a defense.
3: Well, I think Ty Robinson's big because he's one of the few guys with starting experience with with much playing experience at all. He's about the only guy I can really think of. I know Hutmaker started some games and got some playing time and whatnot, but he he's probably the guy that stands out. Uh, the most you know when you think about frost and how he recruited he averaged the 20th class in the country over during his his span in nebraska so he recruited some talent and if you looked at our roster over the years you know i could easily argue that we had the uh, fourth most talented roster behind ohio state michigan penn state obviously it didn't come to fruition on the field so what i'm curious to see is development how do they we had a lot of guys everybody transferred i don't want to say everybody transfers but everybody has a lot of people who transfer now but we seem to have even more so than most, yeah. People. And I think that was one of the biggest issues. Is you'd look at you know Frost Year Two. Oh, we got a lot of young guys. Just wait till two years from now. A lot of those guys wouldn't be there two years from now. Right. So, can we have more guys stay around, more buy into the program, which is going to allow for better development? Because um, we had talent, but we were always young because there seemed to be a lot of guys transferring out.
4: All well, right? I, I I agree with you on. um they have talent, but when you have so much talent and when and we have, uh, guys who are wondering who's going to play first team, who's going to play second team, uh, do we have dissension because we have a discrepancy, but who, who, who think is, has the most talent? H- how do you use that much talent? When, especially when you don't know each other, you know, you, everybody's new.
3: I think that's kind of what Matt rules figuring out right now. I think it's a get to know you process. And for me, um, I'm always excited to see talent, but I think I mentioned this. I'm always excited to see once you get them on the field, who's physical, how do they react mentally? What's their, what's their approach as far as, Hey, football is a great fun game and you need athleticism. But at the end of the day, it's not a contact sport. It's a collision sport. Who's going to go out and hit, who's going to knock somebody backwards. And if you get knocked on your keister, are you willing to get back up? and go just as hard the next time, not knowing what's going to happen, and are you willing to do it play after play after play after play? And then who's willing not to do it anymore in the fourth quarter, and who is? So to me, it, I think it's a get-to-know-your process, and I think that's what Matt Rule's doing right now.
1: What do you think the, uh, the staff and Coach Rule, what, what are they, what's their number one thing uh, to success in their first year?
3: People are going to hate this answer, because we've heard this C word okay, for umpteen years but he's got to develop an actual culture. Like I talked about people buying in part of a culture is leaders emerging and and people buying in. And I know that's going to drive people nuts, but you got (laughs) to actually develop it and you've got to develop. It's it's a culture of the weight room. It's a culture of how you practice. It's a culture of physicality and how you respond. It's a lot of the things that we've chatted about already, but that's the biggest thing he's got to do. And if someone doesn't buy in, I don't want to say a mass exodus is what you're looking for, but you want the people who are bought in to stay and everyone else, you wish them the best wherever they'd like to go. Because that's ultimately what you need. Because that's going to reverberate, in my opinion, throughout the locker room and a lot of these fourth quarter losses that we've had instead of guys who are maybe wavering, now you've got guys who are in. And that could be the difference in some of these close games that we've had over the years.
1: Speaking of buy-in, I've got a question mark right here on my notes. Um, NIL, Nebraska. Talk about NIL a little bit and how you think, you know, I I always hear, hey, Nebraska's ahead of the game when it comes to NIL. And they've got these groups and they, you know, this new locker room and recruits and everything. Uh, Talk a little bit about how this works specifically for Nebraska and, and how you see this actually really creating a successful culture.
3: I think it definitely helps Nebraska. I think it helps Nebraska in the aspect of there are big Nebraska fans who want to see Nebraska win, who have a little bit of moolah. And you need some moolah <laughs> if you're going to have <laughs> I got a lot of moolah. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, Quite a bit. Now, I'm not all about buying players because that's not going to yeah. go well. Okay. You can have I the, agree. you know who I'm going to allude to here, but you can have the greatest recruiting class in the history of college football and then a really bad season and a mass exodus like a school in the state of Texas just had. So you want players who want to buy in. But when you've got people who are bought into the program from a booster standpoint with a lot of moolah, that's going to help you. And Nebraska, it's a phenomenal state. There are certain things we have that are just awesome. There are certain things that maybe other states have that people have argued over the years to give them the edge in recruiting. And so I think Nebraska, the program and the folks involved are well aware we got to find our edge. And so it, for a long time, it was strength and conditioning. Okay. And now it's like, well, what's our edge going to be? Well, it could very well be our facilities. It could very well be NIL, yeah. not buying yeah. players, but providing opportunities that maybe other schools aren't going to.
2: Hmm. Yeah, it's funny you talk about that edge because that was kind of my next question. Is we talked about the NIL, we talked about culture, we've talked about scheme, we talked about a bunch of different things, but like, you know, you throw the bones at the end of your show how do the hustle, how do the black shirts get back to that kind of swagger and having that kind of edge next season? Because I think what's the, what what would you say? The single greatest thing, obviously it's a, a, you know, combination of all of them, but what, what is the single most important thing the black shirts need to do this year to get that back?
3: Oh man. Anytime somebody makes me pick one thing, that's always, that's always challenging (laughs) to do no matter what it is. Um, if I had to pick one thing, uh, Honestly, it would be the mentality, especially if you're going to run a three-three-five, because you've got to go fast. You've got to stunt hard. You've got to blitz, and you've got to be able to disguise, and you know, all of a sudden, you disguise, now you're coming. You've got to be willing, if you're a 225-pound safety, to knock that 330-pound pulling offensive guard in the mouth on a power play. Like You've got to be willing to do these things, because you're trying to confuse and distract the offense so they... They miss guys, and you've got guys coming free into the, into the backfield, but they're coached, too. It's not going to happen every play. So the plays that doesn't happen, you're going to have to find ways to make plays. And, you know, I think of a guy like Brandon Rigoni. Uh, if you guys remember him, mm-hmm. I played with oh, him. Yeah. We came in together, a walk-on, left a lifter of the year, and a captain. He was arguably the smallest collegiate player I'd ever seen at, at a major Division One college. Nobody wanted him. Nobody wanted none. He was the wedge buster back when you could do wedges on a kickoff return. And nobody in practice wanted to be on the wedge because you knew that heat seeking missile was coming and nobody, you could see the other teams. They'd watch film, the wedge guys, you know, you could see they knew what was coming and we'd all sit and watch like, this is great, (laughs) you know, but especially as defensive guys before we took the field, you, you ain't gotta be big or gigantic or anything like that. His mentality was on, not another level like five other levels and so that's talk about what that mentality I did for started.
1: what that mentality do for guys that i have to
3: watch that at practice well, it reverberates through the locker room you yeah. know i talk about culture when you have guys that are doing i I've, I've done conditioning sessions where some of the leaders on the team are begging take one off slow down give us another five seconds on the gasser and i'm just sitting there and i'm like what is this what is yeah. this <laughs> You know, when you've got guys that are finishing across the line and they're barely making it, maybe they puke and they go again. Or you've got, you know, maybe the smallest guy on the team size-wise, but he's got the biggest heart and nobody wants to hit him. Those are things that reverberate throughout the locker room. And that's, that's what culture really is. Um, and so to me, that's what I'd like to see is a mentality like that. And then hopefully eventually over time they get better and better and better and the scoreboard is
4: more the way we like it. But I, I think that's where I'd like to start. I really like Coach Rule a lot, uh, uh, Adam. But what type of team does he have?
3: Oh, good lord! Nobody knows. Um, I don't style, have I mean, any
4: idea. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, the, <laughs> the coaches that he's team. bringing in, because that makes really a difference in the attitude of the players, the, the position coaches, and and calling the right plays at the right time that you that the players trust what you're calling.
3: No, I'm with you, man. I just here's what I here's what I but I've seen it so many years. I talk about the potential of the offensive line at nauseum year after year because we have talented guys, we have highly recruited guys, we have big guys. And then we look like a holy cup where the water is just leaking through all the holes, unfortunately. And it's just like, what type of team does he? He said it at the end of the the, the first spring practice. He goes, I don't know if we're any good. I mean, he had several positive things to say. He pointed out several positive things, but then he was honest. He's like, I don't know how good we are. Um, what he has is talent, ability. Um, I, I don't know how to be anything, but honest, I'm not trying to take shots. He doesn't have a team that's been well coached for years, in my opinion. So he's going to have to kind of start from ground one with some of the basics and fundamentals and teaching them the right mental approach. So what they're actually going to look like on game day, I don't know. I hope they look a lot different a month into the season, than two months and three months than they did on day one, because that means they're getting better. And we just haven't seen that at
4: Nebraska uh, in a long time, in my opinion. Well, what about the coaches as a team, Matt, You and know that—that's—that's—that's that's, that's the team I'm actually referring to, his okay. coaching squad. So it's it's interesting because he's, as we know, he's got a lot
3: of young coaches.
0: He's mm, got.
3: Yeah, he does. Uh, so when I when I interviewed him, dude, I I did not pull a single question. I asked him every question I wanted to. Um, and I, I said it in a nice way. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. So I would ask him nicely. I was like, hey, man, she got a lot of young coaches, a lot of interest in this. Um, talk to me about these young coaches. And it was interesting because you could tell he was getting tired of hearing that question. You know, uh, in his defense, he probably, you know, Nebraska is a great place, a lot of passion, yeah, and, yeah. invokes a lot of questions. You know, um, his response was great. And he pointed out something that had not occurred to me. Yes, there's a lot of young assistant coaches. But he wanted to make sure that anybody who was a play caller, in other words, a coordinator, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, special teams coordinator, was experienced. And I was like, well, dang, every single one of them are experienced. They've all done this before, uh, multiple times. At high levels, a great success. You know, Satterfield's probably the biggest question mark. They had a lot of success at at the end of the South Carolina season, but there was ups and downs. But every single coordinator he brought in, was someone who's done this before and is experienced. And then I think he likes grooming young assistant coaches. It's kind of like the draft. If you try to build through the NFL draft, you can teach those players the way you want them to approach things. Where if you build just through free agency, those players have already learned a way and they may or may not listen. So I think that was his approach with his assistant coaches. And when he pointed that out to me, I was like, that makes a lot of freaking sense.
1: I haven't heard that perspective, but it, it mm. to me, I, I guess I've needed something too. So thanks for that. Cause I've been trying to figure out like, what is it? You know, like how, how is he, how does he feeling comfortable with, with all the coaches they're, 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 like you said, they're young and, um, but they've all had success. They've been places. And I, and I think from what I've heard and I, what I, what I've seen, what I've seen, you know, we went, we went to practice there. Uh, Johnny, you saw it is it, is coach rule. He's demanding of his coaches. And I, th- and I think that's great. I, I, you know, I think you have to be that way and you gotta be hard on them. And, you, and, and I just, uh, I appreciate that because they're so young. They probably need that too. You know, they need some, some guidance as well.
3: Yeah. I think like, like I said, the, he wanted to make sure the coordinators, the play callers were experienced, but I've heard this. You guys have probably heard this as well. I've heard it several times. The head coach coaches, the coaches, and then the coaches coach the players right i get the feeling that that's coach rules approach
4: yeah no doubt right i've noticed him coaching the uh um, the, the players as he coached the coaches during the practice because he was he was coaching players that the coaches might should have been coaching but he, that way he was able to coach them both at the same time yeah i think he's kind of teaching everybody what he wants
3: from the coaches to probably the nutrition staff the weight staff he's worked with a lot of these guys before to the players as well, so I, I, it's it's a get to know you uh, honeymoon process, shall we say, until the that kick off of game one, and then the honeymoon process. You know, <laughs> so you it's hit get hit in the sped mouth. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> you got to get sped up.
4: So. Have, have you had a chance?
1: Yeah, I was just, uh, I got a question for you here, uh, Adam. If you looked at the schedule, like a lot of, like I don't know, I, I try not to do this, and this is probably an awful question, but you start looking at the schedule and you go, hmm, you know, new coach. Schedule looks, you know, maybe okay. I mean, do you see a bowl game? Do you see, what do you see in the future of this team? You know, when you start looking at the schedule and how many wins you, you want them to have, and how many, you know, what would you consider, uh, I guess, a successful season when you talk about wins and losses for this program?
4: So this is
3: not, I mean, obviously it's before the season. You know, you look back at the end of the year, hindsight's 2020, but uh, you look at the schedule right now, it does not look like murderer's row exactly. Yeah. All right. uh, I think our toughest non-conference game is the most hyped up one anyway is going to be Colorado who had one, one win a year ago and um, you know we could easily come out of the non-conference. We should with three wins at least if not potentially four. So, and, and even the conference schedule, like we're, how many years in a row do we play Ohio State? 50,000? It felt like it anyway. <laughs> you know, so I believe we're playing Michigan. I know we go to Iowa, to Wisconsin. Yeah. You know, Wisconsin's got a new coach. Trying to put in a new type offense, which is going to be interesting. They're going to run spread and throw the ball. I I didn't know they knew how to do that. They haven't needed to for a long time, honestly, ever. (laughs) I was just trying to get to 25 points a game so they don't have to fire their offensive coordinator. So for me, I mean, like I said, who knows what this team's going to look like. I hope they look a lot different a month and two and three into the season than they do game one. I do think six wins is very doable. I really do. Because they do have talent. They do have ability. they got to start from ground one in some areas. But it's not murderer's row schedule. And I'm pretty sure if Rule got to 6-6 and and got to a bowl game this year, I think most Husker fans would probably be pretty happy with that. Oh, I agree. I agree. I
1: agree. Uh, Let's just say two years from now where you've got uh, UCLA and USC in this conference. Uh, Where's, you know, how does Nebraska
3: fit into that? Well, there's not going to be divisions anymore. So I don't want to say we blew our chance in the weakest division of all the Power Five conferences, but the Big Ten West is, is not a powerhouse and we should have won it more often. Maybe, maybe we can shock the world and do it this year. Who knows? Yeah. But when USC and UCLA come over, I don't know if we're going to go to a pod-type schedule like the SEC where you play the same three teams every year and then you rotate six for a year and then the other six for a year. I don't know how we're going to do it. But I'm excited because, first of all, the Big Ten Conference is now a national coast-to-coast conference, east-to-west coast. Yeah. Uh, the exposure that the Big Ten is going to get is crazy, which has got to help with recruiting. And we've, we've never had, a as a conference, we've never had an end to one of the three major recruiting states. The Pac-12 has obviously got California. The Big 12 has obviously got Texas. The ACC has Florida. The SEC has Florida and Texas and Georgia, who's probably number four if you were to rank the top four. Uh, states in the country as far as high school talent. We don't have anything to any of those, but now we do. And I'm telling you, I I wouldn't hate it if we played USC and UCLA on a frequent basis. I know they're very, very good, but now Rule's going to build a little bit of a pipeline into Texas because he's got those relationships. But now all of a sudden we're getting exposure into California. And I'm still a believer you start with the in-state kids first, but then you have to go outwards. And so for me, I, I like the idea of playing those teams and it makes us the better conference and it is a tougher schedule, but right. to, to me, I think it helps us as far as exposure as a conference, as a team and in, and in recruiting. Cause now we're into one of those major high school talent recruiting
2: States. Absolutely, man. Well, <laughs> it's been so good talking to you. Um, I know that you, you, you're a little limited on time here. Do you guys have anything else for, for Adam before, before we, uh, partway? I just
1: can't wait for him to throw those bones on our show.
3: I, I yeah. can't, I'm glad you keep hope alive, Adam.
2: Keep hope alive.
3: So um, my wife did a phenomenal job setting this up. Okay, that but the awesome. one thing that disappointed me was I couldn't show the shirt. So now I can show the oh, shirt. Yeah. You know, the oh yeah. Oh, love it,
0: man.
3: There you go,
1: <laughs> Adam. Right we bones, thank you man. so much, man. Thanks for your time as always. Um, hopefully you'll be at that Colorado game. I'm trying to get out there myself, and uh, we can reconnect. Thanks for having me guys. I appreciate, yeah, yeah, I appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah. You're
2: thanks welcome again. anytime, Here. Adam. Good
3: oh, luck with those guys. kiddos. I appreciate it. Pray <laughs> for me. All, <right. laughs> <See
2: ya. laughs> All right, guys, that was Adam Carricker. What a great com- conversation, man. He's, yeah, I love talking to him dialed in.
4: Well, he, he definitely knows the game. I, I can tell he's, uh, he's dug deep down in and understands what's really going on physically and psychologically, because I'm getting to think more and more that, uh, football is more of a psychological game than than the physical uh, part of it. Oh, there's no doubt and, about uh, that. Psychologically uh, is what I'm really concerned about it. Physically, everybody's got it. But mentally, Matt, that, that's where you set, yeah. set people apart. What do you think you got? <laughs> yeah. Well, you look good, but that doesn't mean you're thinking good.
1: Well, he used the word mentality is, is kind of a focus for him and seeing how this coaching staff is able to uh, influence the players. And, and I, I agree with him. You know, um, you, you got to be willing to run through that wall and you got to be able to willing to get knocked down and do it over and over and over again. So you got to be extremely tough and you got to be determined. I mean, you know, the programs and how Mentally tough we were,
4: Johnny. Yeah, well, um, it's mental toughness. That's, you have that's to have going. it. If you don't have it, you have nothing. Yeah. I can't remember the guy's name, but he was one of the littlest guys on the team. And I said, well, golly, you sure are a little guy. And he said, I'm the biggest guy out here.
2: I'll tell you, he probably was legendary black shirt. And if anybody knows the mentality, it's a guy like Adam Carriker, and and he's done a great job in broadcast in the in the last four or five years. So I'm excited to see where he goes with that. But you know, I'm curious what you guys think too. Like, you know, what 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 do you guys think about this three three five scheme? I mean, it's it's clear. You know, on one hand, to me, I kind of agreed with Adam in the sense that. You know, it. This is a this is a defense that was kind of built to defend the spread. You got five defensive backs, um, you you blitz and you confuse it. Really meant to disrupt the pass game, and we play in a run heavy conference. That being said, there's one hand. I thought he brought up a great point talking about TCU against Michigan because I thought Michigan was going to run all over TCU. It didn't really happen, and then on top of that, there's Tony White's. You know, the the evidence he has on the field. That defense was pretty good. Um, you know, in the ACC last year. So, it, you know, I can look at a scheme as much as I want and think what I think about it. But, you know, the proof's kind of in the pudding. And I'm yeah. wondering what you guys are thinking, because well, we weren't that great at stopping the run in whatever defense we were in last year. So,
1: well, I mean, I, we, yeah, we, I, <laughs> any, the change will, any change is going to be a good change, I think. And, uh, you know, it just makes me think of discipline and toughness. Those, those two words come to my mind. I mean, you gotta be extremely disciplined. You gotta be in the right places, but you also have to be tough and you know, you gotta be able to, you know, take the guys on that are bigger than you. Um, and that's gonna be a a lot of the time the case in the Big Ten, you know, when you're going up against those bigger uh opponents, linemen, linebackers, mm-hmm. you know, there's other teams with fullbacks and big tight ends and receivers. So um this, you yeah. know, discipline, discipline and toughness. And and we'll see if, if coach White's defense can uh you know, can handle it.
4: Well, I'm down for the mental toughness. See where we go mentally. It's all all of what you believe. Um, it doesn't make any difference if you're big or small, if you're, if you're willing to do where it's necessary to get the job done. And you get it done because of the guys next to you. You don't want to disappoint your teammates. Do they know each other that well? Do they know the coaches that well? Can they make that big of an impact on them that quick? And to get them to the point where they... <laughs> they rather slide bears on their razor blade than to disappoint those coaches. <laughs> I mean, that's what it's really yeah. going to take. Yeah, uh, it doesn't make a difference about the the defense what they decide to play. You got to be willing to make the changes. Yes. You want to bring something new into the game. You 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 want to be the one, the demand. So, it's they're bringing on opportunities. They're giving a lot of these guys opportunities, not just to win football games, but to go in into the pros and make a name for themselves
2: let me ask you guys this. You guys were at practice. I know Adam's in in Colorado, so he didn't get that same opportunity. What did you see from the defensive line and from the defensive general while you were while you were there and the time that you got to see it?
4: Well, you know, it's like doctors. But that's why they call them practitioners because they just practicing. They're players, but they're just practicing. So, you know, in the, the first practice, you don't really get a good look at really what it is from the first practice. Because, like I said, it's not even physical. It's mental. Uh, the mental attitude that you got to get to what the guys are thinking and when the chips are down and you know, how they're pulling together. And uh, we, we'll probably see more of that as we go along, but I, I, I was impressed uh, with the look. Uh, I was impressed with the, the speed of not just alignment, mm-hmm. but, but actually of, of the, uh, of the backs and the, and the line, the, the line. So I think they're in the right place at the right time. It's just a matter of if they're mentally ready, if we can pull them together as a team because we can have great players, but if they don't play together, they're, they're, we're not going to make the. I, I think a lot, make that turn.
1: Yeah, I agree, Johnny. Look, uh, you know, it was nice. Uh, the speed was good, I thought, and, um, you know, we always want a little bit more. But I think I guess if I had to pick something that I might be concerned about uh, with the defense at this point would just be, you know, depth and experience. Um, you know, when you got a new coach and new team and you've kind of rotated players on, it's like – like Coach Rule said early on, man, I don't know what kind of team we're gonna have, and you know he's learning, and the coaches are learning, and everybody's learning about each other, and I guess that's the the thing that you know can scare me just a little bit, but uh, I you know try to be positive with this, and you know they've got the players that want to be there. Let's go play ball, right? I mean, um, build some depth, you know, like let guys uh, you know run 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 wild a little bit and and make some plays and. You know, they got to be smart, though. I mean, like you said, you just when it comes down to the experience thing, you know, how smart can you be? Because, you know, there's not a ton of experience out there right now. And um, and I know the guys are moving and and shaking and things like that. And they're trying to find out who's going to be, you know, taking the lead role. But uh, they need to build some depth. You know, it's a long season and Uh, to play in the big 10. And, you know, when you talk about, you know, being smaller and having to have more speed and uh, you can run into some injuries and things of that nature. So some depth would be nice.
4: Well, I'm just hoping that the coaches are smart enough to make it easy on the players that they could, that they could call a, call a good game and and at the right place at the right time. So the guys feel that they have an advantage um, that the coaches are giving them because the coaches are, are stepping up and we don't have to worry about them being that physical all the time. Uh, because they're smart, and uh, we're playing smart. We, we're running, you know, the blitz is when we're supposed to. We're hiding things, and, you know, and we're, we're just giving us some type of a way that we're going to have some type of an advantage because of how creative we could be in, in using our speed and our players' will. And the, and the coaches really, the players really believe in their coaches because they have to believe in the coaching staff, and the coaching staff has to be in the players, but more so than that, the players had to believe in the coaches, because that's what made my difference. Is because Coach Osborne was such a smart coach, I was very confident when he called something that it really wasn't going to be for nothing, that we could actually get it done. And everybody else believed it too, and we did get it done. You yeah. know, so we, you know, but sometimes I've seen coaches call plays that it, why are they keep calling this thing? Got dang play, it they work, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> right
2: Got to execute them. Well yeah. I, I think yeah. you're right too, Eric. Like the, the level of experience, when you look at the guys that are that are coming back, it's not it's not a lot. You know, Ty Robinson, Stefan Wynn, you know, Nash, the, the you know, Nash doesn't have that much experience. Like, you know, it's it's not a deep group for us. And it wasn't something we were particularly good at. Gone to the portal to get Elijah Judy out of M. It's a four star player, MJ Sherman out of Georgia. We've added some talent, and we added some talent at in, in, in the class. Um but that's a lot of young guys trying to learn a new system. And that's always going to be difficult too. You know, I know we we've all talked about drinking the Roulade, aid, but from the from the reports, and this is from you know the horse's mouth, it's from Rule. He said that they played a you know a live scrimmage against the quarterbacks where the quarterbacks get hit live and the you know quarterbacks had their way with them. They they were taken off on huge runs and and that the offense looked clearly ahead of the defense at this point in the game. So you know, I think everybody's learning new stuff, but obviously the three-three-five scheme is going to be real different for them. There's not that much experience, but they got a long way to go. You know, you can't just—it's not all roses. It's easy to be hyped up, but we we have to. You know, it's a, there's a level of concern. How how concerned are you guys at this point in camp that that the offense would have their way? Would that happen to you guys? Because actually, I think a lot of the time it's kind of the other way around. That like the off—you know—the defense can kind of just play, and you know, the offense has to you know execute. Whatever plays they're trying to run, and you have new guys in spring ball, so like, you know, it's the defense has an advantage early on, but in this case, that's not. Well, I like not the fact that it,
1: it it puts a little um, fire, I think, uh, underneath, you know, uh, the staff and the players on defense. Where usually, like what what you just said, Sam, that's not the case. You know, usually they're just kind of playing, and the offense is the one struggling. If the defense is struggling, that puts the fire under them, and so uh, you got to be able to, you know, the defense for Nebraska just hasn't been the same in recent years. So to be able to put a little bit of, uh, you know, oomph in them early and test them and see who's going to come back with some resolve and and play harder and become a leader and and how's the staff going to you know take to that uh, as a little bit of a challenge early on in the spring, uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, and I and I think it it's, it's going to be a, a good thing for. Uh, this team and for coach rule to see how they handle that.
4: Well, I'm just hoping that the black shirts have, have been listening to the people in the, in the public because uh, I, I was really discouraged when I hear so many people calling the blacks, black shirts, the black skirts.
1: <laughs> yeah, That should be a definite uh, uh,
2: slap yeah, in the mouth get, right there.
4: That's exactly right. That and, isn't going to get you there. going. I don't know
2: what will. Yes, right. Don't be pulling that your dress you up, going. baby. That should get you <laughs> yeah. going. Um, it it gets me going. We want to all see him get back, right? Like, we want to see him. Oh, yeah. want want to see him do it, but they, yeah, they got, they got to do it. And I think that they've they've got an uphill battle. The talent isn't, you know, I think that Frost, you know, it seemed like Frost is kind of, particularly with defensive linemen, we don't want to just, you know, talk about Frost doing everything bad. There were a lot of good things. Um, the linebacker room improved under Frost, you know, Luke Reimer, um, and, and, and those guys, but the, the defensive line is kind of just progressively we, we've lost, you know, the Davis brothers, Ben Stilley. These guys just kind of left, and we didn't really fill it back in. So going to the portal I think is really important going forward, and oh, I yeah. think, you know, developing, as you guys, everybody has said, that, that that's what Rule really has to cash in on is what he's, you know, been touted as, as a, a de- the development coach, um, and, and that that's what has to happen here. Um,
1: and and what's that development, Sam, I don't, I don't even think you can hand out black shirts this year. I I, I think, I think they need great. to play defense and, and, and learn about what that means. And once they start playing that type of football, you know, maybe you start handing it out to that player who exemplifies one that type at of a time ability. Yeah. One, one at, at a time. time. One, one at, at time. a time. And, yeah. um, you know, then, then a guy gets one in my, why did he get that? Well, oh, look what he's doing at practice in the game. Okay, well, I want that. Yeah, and then, that's right. and then the other guy goes, "Well, I'm gonna, I want one of those. Like he's gonna start. It might just start a a whole thing. Um, to 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 build it that way. So anyway, um, that's why I feel it should it should take place.
2: Absolutely, and and I like the single digit jersey. I I don't know if you guys read about that. That yeah, that he's he's also not letting. He's he's handing out single digit jerseys like based on your, you know, your mentality, as we talked about all day, or the mentality in practice and guys who want to play hard, get back up and, and hit hard and are physical and do their job right. And are accountable, do all the things that they want, you know, what want out of the players. So I think, and I think they did that The black shirts too. I think that's the way to go.
4: Well, let's get busy. Let's <laughs> get busy like guys. This. It's on like butter popcorn.
2: <laughs> it's on like butter popcorn. Well, that's our show for this week, guys. Uh, the show is presented by Brett bet online tune in next week to uh to hear us uh preview some quarterbacks Ooh, can't wait and as always go big red go big red on the bones go right. big red <laughs> throw the bones
0: I was raised in Nebraska But one time I journeyed south And the things those Okies said down there Made me wipe out a couple of mouths They like their Sooner football And they don't like the Huskers enough But I surprised them all when I sang this song I made them take off and run You can boast about your victory Tell me all about your team But when we meet on the football field Your bridges won't be clean You can brag about the sooner And sing your old fight song But don't come across our borderline Cause your knuckleheads don't belong